Welcome back to Balance Boldly, the podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Thigpen, balance and relationship advisor, moving you beyond simply surviving the burnout of your work and life into a space of thriving in life, love, and business. We are in season 10. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for so many reasons, most of which, Roxanne's laughing at me in the background, right? Most of which is simply because we're talking about a really important topic. It's I can't say the timing is any more perfect than what it is. Like, I can't even talk this morning. Um, We're talking about burnout, how to combat it, how to manage it, how to break through it. Um, And we're talking about it not just in work and in business. We all know that it happens there. And of course, we want, you know, tangible ideas, techniques, tools, and tips to manage it. But we're also talking about burnout in your home life, in your love life, and all the ways that it affects you. Because if it's affecting you at home, we know automatically that it is affecting you on the other side when you're trying to be in beast mode and be productive and be a high performer in whatever avenue you're walking in for your impact that God has led you to. And today I have an amazing woman. She has her own show. She's a TV host. She's a facilitator of so many amazing things that I'm going to tell you about in a second. But I have to say that I fell about upon her kind of super organically on my Instagram, which I'm like, on maybe 15 minutes a day max. And that's like two minutes here, three minutes there. And her, one of her um, quotes that she said that was a personal quote just really, really stood out to me. And I was like, ah, I need you on my show. Uh, Roxanne Wilson from Rocks Talks is amazing and incredible. And her dossier of sorts is probably like 50 pages long. I told her when I read it, I was like, girl, it's no way I can do justice to this on any single level. She starred on NBC's hit show, The Apprentice. She's an author of a fabulous book, Footprints in the Bedroom. She's had a jet boardroom, excuse me. And but you know, it's because bedroom is on my mind, right? Bedroom is so on my mind, right? Footprints in the boardroom, which we can talk about bedroom in a minute. But um, she's been so fabulous on every level. Um, and she's had a jazzercise franchise. Like, who does that? Like, what? Like, what? I can't wait to talk to you about this. Um, franchise one, Black Woman two, and then Jazzercise three. Like, the three together. I'm so amazed at it. And a million things in between that were successful pivots, a part of her evolution. And now she is an event planner that is highly requested and a skincare influencer. And if you follow her on Instagram, you will see exactly why she is hot tamale right in there. You can follow her at Rocks Talks on Instagram specifically, which is where I stumbled upon her. Roxanne Wilson, welcome to Balance Boldly. How are you this morning? I am doing so well, and thank you for having me. I'm honored. And the fact that you found me in 15 minutes, like that's a power, I feel special. (laughs) (laughs) You are. Most people spend about an hour, if not longer, on Instagram. So 15 minutes, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you're powerful and you stood out because I'm, you know, I'm weeding through the copy paste folk. I'm weeding, you know what I mean? Like, I know exactly what I'm looking for. Um, and of course, once I found the quote, I kind of dug into a little bit of professional stalking. I dug into your page a little bit. It's okay as long as it's professional, right? <laughs> yeah, it was so professional, I promise. Um, <laughs> 
Um, and it was fabulous. And I was really impressed mainly, honestly, by your authenticity, which struck me on every level. So I would love for you to share. Um, I think we were talking before the show that a lot of our listeners, mostly women and a few brave men, um, are ambitious. And many of them have entrepreneurial spirits, whether that shows up in the traditional sense in their work or it shows up as kind of entrepreneurs inside the organizations that they may be a part of the leadership team for. And you've had so many amazing pivots. And I know part of that had to deal with just you changing as a woman and, and growing and, and figuring out your creativity had maxed in one area and you wanted to, you know, champion yourself in another area and challenge yourself. I can tell as a brilliant woman that you are a challenger to your own self. So I would love for you to share some of your story with with everyone listening. Absolutely. Well, thank you. And, and I love the way you, you couch that because I think that when you're going through what you call the pivots, you don't even realize um, that it's okay to pivot. I think that more than anything, people are realizing that more and more. I grew up knowing that I wanted to be a Supreme Court justice. Law was what I was going to do. I was going to be the first black Supreme Court justice in the United States. Sandra Day O'Connor was like my jam. And um, so I went through all the motions that you go through to get there. And when I got there, I had this moment as I'm practicing law and I'm working at 11 o'clock at night and I'm seeing this, I was living in Austin, Texas at the time, and we have something called the, um, the Rot Rally, which is where you have all these motorcyclists that dr- come from all around the country just to drive their motorcycles around Austin for a weekend. And I'm sitting there in this glass tower, basically, looking down on 6th Street, seeing these, these motorcycles keep driving past, and I'm like, wow, these people are so passionate about what they're doing. Mm. And I'm sitting here and I am not passionate about it at all. Right. So in that moment, I got down on my knees. And when I got up, I knew I needed to be doing something different in the ne- within the next three months. Wow. Just, so that was, that was my turning point where I knew that I needed to get out. And uh, lo and behold, I went to Baylor University for undergrad in Michigan for law school. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, I was involved with um, the Alumni Association for Baylor. And they had contacted me to let me know that that The Apprentice was having auditions in Austin. And if you were a Texas school grad, business school grad, you were guaranteed to get an audition in front of the, um, the casting directors. And so I was getting the word out to young alum. And then I thought, wait a moment, I've watched that show before. I'm a lawyer. I, I have a business degree. I could totally do that. You know, you see something, I could do that. That's just so easy, right? right. Um, which was a little ignorant on my, t- on my part, but that's <laughs> Usually the way you, I mean, being ignorant is sometimes not a bad thing. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I auditioned, got on the show, and that was my first turning point where I was able to get out of law and figure out what I was passionate about. You mentioned jazzercise earlier, and, and one of those, one of the things that stuck me, really struck me when I was having that realization that I didn't want to be doing law anymore, was that I was getting up and teaching jazzercise at 6 a.m. in the morning and then going to practice law. And I was more passionate about getting up to teach that class for an hour than what I was doing for the rest of the day. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, yeah. That was a signal that something else was going on, especially considering all the time and energy you had put through law school and the bar and just, you know, all the layers that you had to go through. And you're like, but I'm having more fun teaching this dance class. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And the thing is, is that sometimes we don't realize that it's okay to have fun with what you're doing as a nine to five. Yeah. In fact, you should be having fun. 
it shouldn't be laborious. It shouldn't be causing you stress. You shouldn't have neck pains and back pains mm -hmm. and, and you not be able to sleep on a Sunday night because you know you've got to get back to the grind. That's not the way that this world was meant to be, but that's the way that most of us live it. And we don't give ourselves permission and we also don't love others who decide to take that jump and leap and get out of town. Oh, until we see exactly why they did it and then we want their advice, right? Oh, don't get me started, Roxanne. I've had this, this what I call the hypocritical conversation with so many people, because I, I did the jump similar to you over seven and a half years ago, and it wasn't, you know, super well thought out plan. It was, um to use your phrase, it was a little on the ignorant side, you know, <laughs> like, um just, you know, from the true definition of not knowing, you know, like not really knowing what was on the other side of that. And as Steve Harvey says, sometimes you need to jump. I don't regret the jump, but I do regret how I jumped. Like, you know, I... I could have at least put on a backpack or something, you know, something to give me some <laughs> leverage. It didn't even have to be the right type of equipment. I just needed something to kind of balance me out on that fall because it definitely happened fast and furious. Um, but it was a part of my process as yours was a part of yours. And it allowed me to be the woman that I am today. Um, scars and these, you know, scrapes and all from that fall that happened. But I will say that I had so many people, and I'm sure you did too, that were like, what? What are you doing? You leaving what job to do what? Who? Where? And they were so um, afraid for me, which is what I re recognize now. And at the time, they were seeming like negative Nancys, energy zappers, all that stuff. But they were just so afraid, and they were projecting their own fear of loss, rejection, failure, you know, all that stuff onto me. Um, but then when they went through their own process, you know, some of them six months later, some of them six years later, and we're like, wait a minute, I need to get out key. How do I do this? What did you, you know, they were in a different space. I know that has to feel a little interesting for you when you're in that place now and you've grown so much and you've learned it. And now you have people kind of looking to you like, Roxanne, help me. How do I be a, a better person, a better human, let alone a better woman? You know what I mean? Like, I know that that's coming up for you all the time. It is. I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. And it's refreshing because I think there's a healing process to it. It's refreshing now to see when you have that turnabout where people come back and kind of ask you advice, mm -hmm. but also it's refreshing to be able to talk to people like you because I... I am definitely hard on myself. I'm harder on myself than anyone else. Mm -hmm. So when I jumped without the backpack, just like you, I'm <laughs> like, oh my gosh, what, you know, oh, what have I done? You know, not that I wanted to go back, but I wanted to do the forward a lot better than I had. Yeah. And so it's nice to know that I'm human and it's okay. And right. so <laughs> yeah. Seriously. And there's a lot more of us that had human moments that we were ashamed to talk about and share with other women, period, but especially in the entrepreneurial space, right? Because we walk into these networking environments, these, you know, whether it's kind of the informal women's association chamber style, or it's more of like a vertical exclusive um, opportunity, you walk in and you're all postured and poised and, and perfect, right? And everyone's dealing with so many similar struggles. It's hilarious, yet we're walking in in our pearls and heels and pencil skirts, like, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, oh, don't, don't torture me. How about it? And it, and it's really important that even in today's day with all of the 
uh, evolving that you've been able to accomplish. And the same for me with the many pivots that I have claimed and respected after the fact, you know, like, oh, I just thought I was going through menopause. I didn't know what that was, you know, back then. But whatever that is that you've changed, that you're still recognizing, and I'm still human. I'm a better human than I was yesterday. I'm a better human than I was seven years ago, for sure, because I've learned a lot. I've become more compassionate, more empathetic. I've also harden myself with certain boundaries to protect me from certain things that I used to let get me, you know, and get in that were literally affecting my opportunity to reach my dream because so many other things were consuming my time and my space. Um, but now I recognize still, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect until you're in the pit. That's when you are perfect. Cause then you have no more opportunities for mistakes when you are not here. Um, so this is your time to recognize, like, it's okay to say, you know what, I am a super dope, ambitious woman doing incredible things, and I made a mistake today. <laughs> you, you know, not but, but and, I made a mistake today. So, you know, I'm going to ask you, like, how I did that uh, subconscious Freudian flub with the name of your book. Um, <laughs> You know, because that sex therapy background part of me was coming out like, oh, I so read that as bedroom, just so you know. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. Maybe that is book number two. I don't know. <laughs> but how was it for you as part of that evolution? Because I know, um, and I didn't have an opportunity to read the book before the show because I found you so quickly and was like, I need her on immediately. But I did uh, read, you know, the, the cover and the Amazon reviews and all that kind of good stuff. How was that it, part of your next level for you when you were moving through your own experience? Because I know in the book you were sharing what that experience on The, the Apprentice was like for you and all the elements of how it affected you. Um, and I'm sure you had your own level of trial and tribulation to deal with as a black woman, you know, on a show, on a reality show, not, not wanting to be pivoted or pitched as a certain type of character. Like, I know that that was a thing. That was the thing. That was more than, I mean, even in my interview process, I have said to them, I'm tired of the way that you portray black women on TV, mm. reality TV. You make us look like we're angry, like we are out to get people and, and they're showing one dimension and that is, we are so much more than that. And I made that clear from day one. And so, but you, you know, you got to put your money where your mouth is. So I've said that repeatedly. And then I had to make sure, now I've got to make sure that when I'm on the show, I ensure that they either A, don't have the footage to make me the angry black woman, mm -hmm. or B, give them enough footage that's more interesting than that, but be authentic to myself, Right. And that's hard to do because you really, when you do a reality show, you don't know what you're walking into. Fortunately, I will say with The Apprentice, um, they have a lot of integrity that other shows don't have. They don't, um, they're pretty, they, they were always very good about not saying, hey, Nikita told me this about you. What do you think? And shove a mic mm. in your face. Okay. Which happens a lot in reality shows. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time with The Apprentice, they don't have to do that because you have 15 to 16 type A personalities living all in one space competing, <laughs> you know, you don't have to create the drama because the drama is going to be created because everyone is ambitious there. Mm -hmm. So it was, I told myself on the, and then I also had the pressure of, okay, wait, my mom's going to be watching and her church is going to be watching and my pastor and oh my right. goodness. 
So really early on, literally the first, the first episode, the first um, task I said to myself, Roxanne, you cannot care about any of that. Mm-hmm. You just have to be yourself mm-hmm. because you're not going to enjoy this. You're not going to do the best that you can do if you are worried about what everyone else thinks. And so I just, I did it. I think that with the show, and I was happy with, with, I mean, I made the final four, got two of us got fired. So final three, final four, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing experience. I feel like it was an MBA on steroids. Um, and I really feel like, you know, when you watch the show, what, ha- you, what you experience and what you remember and then what you see are two different experiences, not to take away from what you're seeing, but yeah. what you have to remember is that it is, it happened, but it's also, they're making, they're making a show that supports how it ends, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I overall was pleased. It was a great experience. I would do it again in a heartbeat, for sure. No, that's amazing. And it obviously impacted you enough to want to write about the experience, to share it with other people. It really did, because I felt like it was the, f- it, because you go there, they're all strangers, you're competing against people, you're not really allowed to talk to your family. Um, mm. Every phone call you make is, is, being listened to by someone else. <laughs> you can't talk to them about what you're going through. So it's literally like my little sister was like, wait, so I get to talk the whole time and you don't have to say, you don't get to say anything. I'm like, yeah, she's like, this is awesome. She loved it, but I couldn't <laughs> talk about my daily life. Right. So it really got me. Um, it actually was great because I journaled like crazy. I went through about three journals there and every night I would just journal and pray and it'd be my prayers. And I'd just be talking to God because he was the only one who knew what was going on right. in my life at the time. And so, um, it was really good because those moments where you're stripped away and you just, you have no other excuse because we do have excuses, right? Oh, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I'll pray later, or I'll talk to you about this later, God. Right. Yeah. Um, I didn't have that choice. It was like, he was the only one I could talk to. And it was so good for my soul to have that in a, in what was a scary and stressful moment for sure, but awesome and amazing all at the same time. I mean, scary and stressful. Yes. But I mean, I was going around New York meeting fortune, whatever you want to call them companies. And so uh, I wasn't, it wasn't suffering. Let me clarify. Right, 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 right. But it was still a different level of stress. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the reality is your body reacts to that good opportunity stress the same way that it does to, you know, if you're in a fight, (laughs) like your body reacts the same way. It does. It does. That's a really good point. Well, I I love that you're in this place now too, where you've, you know, taken all of your your background as a lawyer, as a businesswoman, as someone who's been in some really very creative, you know, opportunities, right? Like, who can say that they were a reality star? Like, there's you know, lots of people, but in the, the scope of seven billion people, there aren't many, right? Um, and now you're an event planner and a skincare influencer. So like, what was that pivot like for you? Doesn't that sound random? I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. Not, well, not, not by my background. <laughs> well, after the show, I traveled around speaking to business groups, women's groups. And then I realized that, you know, you have this like, okay, I've done a show and now I'm going to have, uh, uh, well, I'll tell you later, but what my dream was at that time and I was like, I'm going to have my own talk show. Okay. And I just figured, oh, that'd be easy. Let me just get an interview with like, let me get in with Oprah and tell her what I'm doing. It just didn't happen. Like that was my youthful, doughy self. Um, and then I realized you can't really do, you can't do Hollywood and 
be in your town and and be the best in your town you gotta do one or the other you can't go back and forth i had feet in both and so finally i said let me do austin austin's been good to me let me like get my roots there because the other option was go to a small podunk town and do the news and i'm not a news reporter there's a Mm -hmm. difference between a talk show host and a news reporter and so i did a morning show in austin for um for iHeartRadio, and then I went on to actually do television. I was a, a a show host on a shopping network that was based in Austin that's international. Mm-hmm. So I was selling jewelry and lifestyle products. Now, if you can imagine doing that, um, when you do home shopping, home shopping never closes. It is open 24-7 every single day of the year. Mm. Um, and so you, de- unbeknownst to me, I didn't even realize my friends were getting married, they were getting divorced, they were having babies, and I was working. The one thing I was doing besides working was literally um, volunteering at my church with my, te- the, my girls, my teenage girls, to the point where sometimes I'd get off the air at 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning. And after I was done winding down, I knew I couldn't get to church and go home at the same time. I would take a nap in my car yeah. at church and then get and then get up and and be with the girls. So I'd do that, and then I also junior league of Austin. I'd do that volunteering. Other than that, that and my dog, that was my life at the time. Yeah. So you talk about balance and, and on your way to burnout. Oh, I had that down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did. I had that down. Um, and so it wasn't until I hit a breaking point, really, when it came to this this show or in doing the the, the station. At that time, I'd taken on a job to be director of sales and programming in addition to being on air. And I also stumbled into um, love. And I say stumble because when it comes, I think more than anything with women, especially if you're being successful, it's really hard to have a relationship. You either got to get that before you start to be successful or hope you find it somewhere. And it's hard for several different reasons too. Part of it being that, I'm sorry, but guys really the more successful you are, the more intimidated they are by you. And that's just the, the way that it is. Mm-hmm. So I started um, dating my still boyfriend, um, Scott. And, and through that, I realized, oh, there's other things. So I leave the station and I'm like, oh, look, there's like things are going on that I've just forgot existed in life. <laughs> there's light on the other side of this work window that I've been in. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, let me take a pause. And that's when I started doing the beauty, the skincare influencing. And that's also when just in passing with one of my friends who is a event planner, because I had planned a lot of events over the, over the decades, just for charity and charity and whatnot. And I said, Hey, if you ever need help, I would love to help you on a weekend just because I have weekends now. It's amazing. Let me help you. And (laughs) lo and behold, next thing I know, she and her business partner had me booked for doing weddings on my own. I was like, oh, I was just going to come like, oh, but okay. (laughs) I can do this. I can do this. And so that's how I stumbled into it. But it made so much sense when I started doing it because more than anything, everything I've ever wanted to do was to influence people positively. That's what I loved about Jazzercise. People can come, I would teach, um, and they would feel good about themselves and where they were and their journey for wellness. That's what I, I realized now that I loved about the idea of being a Supreme Court justice. I was going to be able to influence people and the, the you know, broad scope yeah. positively. But that's where I get all the feels. That's what makes me feel good. And so what I realized is events, being able to listen to people and see what their 
vision is, and then create these experiences for people to come together and have a memorable, delightful experience, that just to me makes me so happy. Yeah. yeah. And that's really how I, how I ended up. And then of course, I, um, I did something I've never done before. And my boyfriend who really wanted to be in Orange County asked me to move here with him. And I said, yes, what the heck? That's something I never thought I would do. And so now I'm in sunny. Uh, I laugh because it's not sunny right now, but (laughs) (laughs) that's because it's four o'clock in the morning over there. Four o'clock in the morning. Exactly. (laughs) I'm in Southern California, Irvine and doing the weddings, doing events, corporate events and um, events for, for um, multifamily housing. And I'm loving it. And it makes, it just feels good. It's, it feels really good. I'm telling you, I'm speaking life into that book. So tell Scott, um, you're welcome because your next, <laughs> your next book is clearly about footprints to sunny cow. Cause that's the footprints in the bedroom. I'm trying to tell you, you think I'm joking about this life. I'm trying to tell you that's your next book. Um, you've been amazing and you clearly have, you know, pivoted and you've obviously recognized the importance of a pause. So before we wrap up and tell everyone how to contact you, what do you do now for the Roxanne of today? to literally give yourself permission to pause? Great question. Well, I've learned um, that I can probably do four different things, like big projects at a time. If I get to five, that's where I get really stressed out. And for me, stress is exhibited in my sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I think about work at night. And so when I, when I see those, those, those points where I'm like, okay, okay, these triggers, I have to take a moment and go, okay, how many things am I doing? I need to take something out. Um, That's the big thing that I do to to pause. But the other thing I do to pause, I've started every morning is I I actually read She Reads Truth, which is a devotional. Women do it across the the world. Um, And uh, I get a book every, I get a book of of verses really. And we study different Bible verses every single um, month. Right now we're doing Corinthians. And I get up in the morning, I read that, I write down my prayers, going back to the basics, right, that I learned for years ago. Um, and then I also grab my planner and I look at what I need to do for the day. And I set that and I'm like, okay, this is what I need to do. These are the three things that if I do nothing else today, I want to make sure I touch these things. That to me helps me breathe so much on it and gives me, because I am a free spirit. So I need a little bit of organization. If I have that little bit of organization, I find that um, that gives me pause. But then the other thing I do is I take moments. I play with my dog and I let myself allow myself to have a weekend, which I didn't do for a very long time. And it might be like a day of the weekend, but a, a Sabbath is an important thing go do something with my boyfriend, go do something with some girlfriends, but I allow myself and I don't feel like, because as entrepreneurs, I feel like we think, oh, but if I don't work for those two hours or those three hours, then I missed the jackpot, (laughs) right? And that's not the point of entrepreneurship. This never was the point that we work, we work 10 times harder than we did for the man. Exactly. So finding those moments and just taking respite is, is important. No, you. I mean, you're the epitome of, you know, what you just shared is the epitome of why I think giving yourself permission to pause and being a little selfish to like fill up your own cup before you pour out the selflessness to others 
is super important. So you you hit the nail on the on the head, and we could talk forever. But I, I want to make sure you get back to all the things that you have to do at before. Look before five a.m. for you, right? Um, but before I do that, Nikita, I, because I'm going to do it, I have to ask you with your listeners, so you can't say no. Yeah. Will you be on my podcast? Of course I will. <laughs> I love that you're like, and I'm going to put you in this corner yes. right now. <laughs> I would, I would totally say yes, because, you know, I enjoy your energy on every level and we're, we're so kindred in our free spiritedness, as well as so many other things. Me too. So how can people contact you? They can contact me at RoxanneWilson.com. Um, all my information is there or on Instagram at Roxanne, RoxTalks. So that's the best way to get a hold of me. And I will personally respond back to you. Yes, she will. Yes, she will. She was like, Nikita, send me the information so I could put this on my schedule or you will get left in the dark. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that, that's foot, their footprints analogy to the, the to, look, footprints to the boardroom, which is officially, but you know, I keep thinking of the bedroom. Um, Roxanne, you have been so amazing and incredible. And I'm honored that you literally took time out of your sleep this morning to get up and share some space with us. Um, I really appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you. hundred percent worth it. And this is going to be a good day for everyone because this has been, you're so life-giving. I appreciate you very much. Oh, thank you. Look, I'm all cheesing. Like, oh, thank you. Uh, to everyone listening, all the ambitious and brave women and men that are out there, I really appreciate you as well for just taking your time, whether you're in the car, on the treadmill, running a few miles, whatever it is that you're doing right now while you're listening in to Roxanne and I share what I consider these important seeds to add value to your life and let, let life water them so God can grow them. And I really appreciate you. As always, if you are a new listener, make sure that you subscribe, rate, and share so you can get the notifications of these wonderful Balance Boldly episodes that we do every week within season. And if you are a returning listener, thank you so much for just being here and allowing yourself to have access to these valuable life, love, and business balance tools. If you want to connect with me, I'm at Balance Boldly on everything, IG, Twitter, Facebook, and such. And know that I'm only on it for like 15 minutes, so take advantage. (laughs) I want you to enjoy the balance of your day and do it boldly so that you can not only just create your balance, but create your joy. Thank you for listening.